ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, everybody. Like you didn't know what you were downloading. Come on. Come on. You know, I know you know the WWE specifically, wrestling in general, but WWE is in a good place when I come in excited to do the wrestling podcast. And I tweeted about this yesterday. I was pumped. I was pumped at the thought specifically of doing State of Wrestling uh, after going to TLC in Boston and uh, and then Raw this week. State of Wrestling is going to be interesting. I can't wait to share it with you. I, I, this is a big podcast, and I feel like I'm just throwing content at you today. I mean, get this podcast out to all the wrestling fans and friends that you have. Share it with them because, I, I mean, I, I can tell – that we're building a great community here with the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Every time I go out to these wrestling shows, you know, I meet more and more of you. And I love, love meeting people that are fans of the podcast. So I appreciate every time any of you come up to me at a show. If you ever see me at a show, come up to me and say what's up. Because it reminds me that of why I'm doing this. To talk to people who love wrestling. You know, to talk to fellow wrestling fans. That's, that's what I want to do. That's why I'm doing it. So, uh... It was very exciting, and, and uh, I'm feeling optimistic about wrestling as it is. But I could have just done a straight-up TLC Raw State of Wrestling podcast by itself, but I wanted to give you an interview as well. So it's a special podcast today. I'm going to get Katie Lindendahl is going to be joining me on State of Wrestling, no doubt about that. We'll talk about being at TLC. Obviously, you knew I was at TLC uh, my Twitter blew up. I had no idea. I was glad, but I had no idea that WWE was filming me while I was booing Sheamus. Sheamus is the bad guy. You got to boo the bad guy. If you're going to get, that's what I, I can't stand at wrestling shows. If you're going to get good seats, because I've sat in the nosebleeds and I look down and I see in like on floor seats in the front row, second row, third row, whatever, people just sitting on their thumbs. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. I want to see people cheering. So if I'm going to get, Floor seats. If I'm going to be right by the ring, I'm going to be cheering louder than everybody. Apparently, I was cheering loud enough that you could hear me uh, saying, You got this, Roman! You got this! I meant it. I meant every word. There's a great picture that I tweeted out and Instagrammed out, at Not Sam, where you can see right after Roman powerbombs Triple H, I think. uh, You can see Roman is just like, he's got all this energy and passion, and he's shouting. And you can see me right behind him with the same look. Shouting, yes, yes. I was so happy to see what they were doing with Roman Reigns. I'll get to that. But before we get to an amazing state of wrestling, um, we got an amazing interview. DDP and Scott Hall together on the podcast. Two amazing wrestling storytellers. Two guys that have seen it all. And, I mean, for DDP to have helped Scott Hall get to where he's at is amazing. To see Scott Hall where he's at is amazing. Like, to be able to sit down. He's got such a great wrestling mind. He's such a great wrestling storyteller that we get to sit down with him and hear the stories again because he's not, you know, a drunk anymore is amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, it's great for his family, too. It's, it's, just, it's, it's a good story that he's gotten healthy. Uh, and now we get to enjoy... All these wrestling stories he has for us. So that's what we're going to do. And tweet me. 
If, if you think there's an alternative, if you like the show, I want to know. Tweet at not Sam. Do you like Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast the way it is, where I'm putting out a wrestling interview and a longer version of State of Wrestling most weeks? Or do you want less interviews? Do you want less State of Wrestling? Let me know at not Sam on Twitter. But let's start with this Diamond Dallas Page and Scott Hall sitting down and just talking wrestling here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Some legends with me in studio right now. DDP and Scott Hall both here. Welcome, guys. Hey, yo. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> What's the haps, gentlemen? Well, uh, hanging in New York, man. Yeah. Hanging in New York, doing a little uh, PR for the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Now, this is interesting. Obviously, the resurrection of Jake the Snake is something you've been – I mean, we've been talking about you working on this for a couple years now. Yeah. Uh, Every time you've been in, you're saying, I'm working on this project. And I'll tell you, I watched the movie, obviously. And uh, there's a lot of corny wrestling documentaries where the production value is just – it's not there. Like, they make it as cheaply as possible. They just follow around a couple of the guys and they, you know, turn it around and make it into like a shoot interview slash documentary. But the production value on this – is like super high. I would imagine right. that you must have made a pretty significant financial investment in this. Well, you know, I have into my company, and my company, like everybody thinks, DDP Yoga is just a workout and stuff, and it's not. It's a, it's a piece of a production company that sort of just grew. I've got a lot of great guys who work with me. Like Steve Austin is uh, filming uh, Redneck Island right now. Yeah, and he came in a couple of days before he headed up there. To see the uh, DDP Yoga Performance Center, mm. his jaw hit the ground, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my god!" And then we sat down, and we gave him like five different sets to pick from, and he chose the one where you have the two really comfortable, cool-looking chairs with a green screen behind him. And he interviewed myself, he interviewed uh, Jake, and interviewed uh, Scott all separately, so that he could actually have this with it. Yeah, and uh, you know the the whole production studio, everything we're doing, like. Two or I think two of my guys, Ethan and um, Ethan. Oh my God, Nathan! He's gonna kill me. Nathan and uh, Chris went out to Stephen, and he was like blown away because he came out and worked with him for a couple of days. Yeah, like these guys are real professionals, and yeah. over the years they've gotten better and better and better. So uh, the production value, Steve, you as a director, really holds high from the sound to the coloring to yeah. everything. Like there's actually post production and like. WWE footage is not cheap. Well, it, but I'll tell you what happened with that is I wanted them to be a part. Like a full-fledged. I wanted, you know, I, I gave it to WWE before I gave it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And they passed on the deal because it's a little dark. <laughs> you know, to say and between least. you and Jake, there's a record amount of F-bombs <laughs> dropped. Oh, my God. You notice I keep it PG. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, Vince. Thanks for the Legends deal. <laughs> You're a professional. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of emotion, and the F-bomb for me is part of my vocabulary. So um, It's a Jersey thing, I think. <laughs> well, that's what I love, too. No matter how positive. DDP is. He's still dropping up. Yeah, and it's a word, you know. Uh, I'll tell you what. You go see Tony Robbins. Uh I dare anyone. Go see Tony Robbins. I watched him speak one time for 11 straight hours. He said fuck 42 million times. (laughs) I mean, in between motherfucking fuck. Right. I mean, it just never. I was like, and he's like, if you have a problem with that word, you should probably get the fuck out. Wow. That's Tony 
the fucking man Robbins. Right. Okay? So I, I don't say Say it. what you want. It's a lack of vocabulary. In my <laughs> and probably true. Uh, not probably. Definitely true. Um, but, uh, you know, the uh, the whole thing with WWE, I, I wanted them to be involved. Mm-hmm. And they, it was too dark for them. It was too, you know, they're a G-rated company now. And I totally got that. And they passed on a deal. So, you know, you know, it's a fair use thing at that point. You know, I would love to them to be involved. But... You know, at that point, we're, got to, we're telling a story. And within the story, we want to make sure that, you know, what we're talking about, you can you can play. It's, it's a documentary. That's what this movie is. Really? So you yes. get, so legally you could throw the footage well, on because you're addressing the footage in this? Well, you know, that's that's what our lawyer told us, you know, and I wouldn't have done anything that I couldn't do. Right. You know? and, the, and the WWE didn't go out of their way to block it or anything. Obviously you know? not. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. You know. and, we, and you've seen the movie. Yeah. It's a super pro WWE movie because what we're saying about them is super pro. Mm-hmm. You know, from everything to giving both of these guys a lot of chances to try and turn their lives around with rehab that they paid for. Yeah. And we always talk about WWE's got the best friggin', you know, wellness program, way better than the NBA or the NFL or any of them. They do. And we talk mm-hmm. about their end giving second chances. Well, I mean, even, you know, giving both. I mean, Scott Hall and Jake Roberts were the two biggest kind of junky stories. Because oh, bro, I was in the leading candidate for the death pool for years and yeah. years. You know? Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not proud of it, but that's the truth. And and all they do is they go, all right, we're going to wait until he gets clean. And they, they kind of were people of their words about it because once you got clean, once Jake gets clean, you're in the Hall of Fame like that. No. They said, give us a year. Get, like, be clean for a year, I think is what they said. Yeah, and, and we'll and, put you in. And I got, you know, Triple H, you know, he, he, he looked at me and he said, dude, he goes, you know, I want to see those guys in there at some point because who deserves to be in there more than those two, you right. know, and, you know, especially Jake because waiting so long, you know, uh, but when it happened, he was right there. So, I mean, it's a very, very, very pro WWE piece because that's how we were treated through, yeah. during the whole ride. And it's sort of just been cool. You know, everybody, they, they know the story that we're out there. It's you know, it's a positive story, man. It's a story of redemption. One of the things that struck me was, like, Jake getting overwhelmed when he realized how much fans cared about him. And, Scott, like, that's some, one of the things they said to you to convince you to get to the house is, like, you don't understand how much people, you know, still love you and support you. And, like, these fans never let go of that stuff that for you happened it, years it ago. It still amazes me to this day. Like, I'm going to tell you to the point where, like, when people found out you guys were coming up here, people were stopping in my office saying, hey, man. And I interview people all the time. Everybody's been up here. Wrestlers, celebrities, athletes, whatever. And people were popping in my office going, hey, is Razor Ramon really coming up here? Yeah, I heard you having Razor Ramon up here. Is that <laughs> well, true? Well, I am a big deal, you know. <laughs> so start treating me like one, buddy. <laughs> but, so, have does it, but that still surprises you that people it like, does because at, at the point when I entered into the movie you know Dally and Jake reached out to me I didn't like me very much mm-hmm. and so I didn't care what anybody else thought you know misery loves company and I was miserable yeah and uh, it just I don't know the thing that rings true to me is uh, it's really hard for me to sit through the movie I usually hang out in the lobby and I walk in towards the end and I was watching it last night and the part that really struck me was when Ted DiBiase talks about Million Dollar Man. He's talking about the strongest thing is love. He mm-hmm. says love conquers all if you just keep loving people. And that's what Dallas extended to Jake and I. You know, we've been longtime buddies. <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't know that, Jake, that Dallas and I were friends so long because we never had an on-screen wrestling, you know, relationship. You know, right, it was right. always kind of behind the scenes. And, you know, he reached out to me. And at that point, I was so sick. I drank myself into 
the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was there in a, in a private room where no visitors, no phone calls. The only people I interacted with was medical staff and this kid who brought the food trays. Lo and behold, this kid's a big-time wrestling fan. I grew up a fan. So I'm sympathetic, but I got an IV in both arms and an <laughs> oxygen gimmick up my nose. I'm not really in the mood for a meet and greet. But, you know, and he knows he's not supposed to hang out in there. But he whips his phone out and shows me a before and after picture of Jake. Before and after picture of Jake when he'd, since he'd been with Dally for about six months. Mm-hmm. And I never partied with Jake. And don't plan on starting now, but... I remember seeing that, and I knew Jake had been in dark places, and so had I. And I thought, wow, like, if Jake can do it, wow, maybe it's it's not too late. Like, yeah. maybe I should listen to my own gimmick and don't don't give up, you know? Well, it's weird, too, when you think about it, because, like, when you were partying hard, that was, like, mid-'90s. Jake was, like, 80s, 90s. And everybody talks about WWE being PG now. But it was as PG as you can get when you were Razor Ramon. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, no, there was no people, fighting, people, on, no fighting on the floor. You didn't, you couldn't hit a guy with a gimmick. No, yeah, no chairs, and it was no, all cartoons. Like, yeah, it was cartoon, it, yeah, characters. larger than life, cartoony characters. I don't think anybody, like, I didn't realize until I was older that Razor Ramon was probably a coke dealer. Like, you, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't figure that. Well, out. you know, the payoffs weren't that good. You got to make money on the side. You know, my merch was a little different than the other guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there going like, oh yeah, Razor Blades, Razor Ramon, and then you, we see the movie Scarface, and you're like. Oh, well, that's what Razor Ramon was doing to work hard for the gold. Yeah, like, that's like when Wayne Scotty started and, and you know, the, the whole diamond stud giving. Right. The whole precursor to the Razor. And we'd be driving in this, you know, my 62 pink Cadillac convertible, you know, to you know, South Carolina and, you know, in South Georgia. And we could, anything we could drive in 300 miles, that caddy took and. There's Scotty B. You know, he was just so focused in on Scarface and knew every line from the thing. So it sort of like got born there, and then he just took it and ran with it when he got to New York. And you know, I mean, actually, um, Dallas created the bad guy look. You know, at that time, I was wrestling in Japan a lot. My hair was blonde. I had a big village people mustache. <laughs> you know, and. And he calls me like, bro, 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 three in the morning, you know, and I'm home, I'm married, then my wife is pregnant, you know, like, bro, 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 you got to lose that stash. And, I, and then, and I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm kind of 20 years invested in it. And then, then he's the next night, bro, 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 you got to go with the stubble, man, the Rob Lowe stubble. And <laughs> That's then, what you call it, then, the Rob Lowe stubble. Then the next yeah. night, bro, 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 everybody in wrestling has blonde hair. You got to go black, black hair. And. So I'm like, well, I don't know, whatever you say, Dally, you know. And the first time I appeared on, and actually, Dally gave me the toothpick. Really? We were we were in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Crazy. having TV, and this is before there was catering. Uh-huh. You know, there was no food, catered food, so we there was a Waffle House across the street from the arena. So we go up there and we eat in Waffle House, and then when you pay, there's a little toothpick dispenser, and he goes, "I got it, I got it, bro. We'll both have toothpicks." At this time, Dally had browbeat Dusty Rhodes. Into giving him the mic, the Janet Jackson headset for a microphone, right? So he could talk on the way to the ring and have his hands free. <laughs> so he's talking, and talking, and t- he's talking, talking, and talking, and the toothpick falls out of his mouth. Yeah. Now he does all the talking. I've got the toothpick. I've been around a couple of years. I noticed the red light come on in the camera, and I go bink right into the lens. And after that, I'm the guy with the toothpick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, I'll give you from my side. I'm ready. I'm getting right towards the end of it, and right as I'm about to finish up, it's falling out of my mouth. I'm going no. Yeah, slow motion. <laughs> and boom, and flick, and bad guy was born. You know, they just they didn't know what to do with Scott because they really. 
This was when he was Diamond Stud. Right. right. And they weren't going to give him that kind of a push the way he deserved. But then he went up here and, you know, Vince and him. I debuted on the TV. And uh-huh. Dally, what Dally and I had decided to do, and, and we put our heads together, and every time we have, we've been successful. I'm really proud of the fact that Dally and I communicate really effectively. Mm-hmm. Just honestly, sometimes brutally honest, but right to the point. No dancing around the issues. And we decided in the back... You know what the fans don't know? Like in WCW, your your destiny was predetermined, like before you ever performed. Because if you made seventy five grand a year, which is what I made as Diamond Stud, mm-hmm. and you're wrestling a guy like Sting makes four or five hundred grand a year at that time, you're never going to beat him because right. the suits in the office think it's a bad investment. Mm-hmm. Has no nothing to do with your performance or your crowd reaction. And, and thinking like, okay, we're paying this guy seventy five, but he could make us. Two million down the road. They don't look at it that way. No, no. So, and, and we got together, and I said, you know what, Dally? They don't know what we make. Let's go out there and act like we're big deals. <laughs> so we started acting like that. Pretty soon, people started treating us like that. Yeah. So it was great. And the first time I debuted on that TV, now prior to this, I've been calling the WWE every week. I call and ask to speak to Pat Patterson, who's then the booker. He's writing the storylines. Yeah. I call every week. Can I speak to Pat? I'm sorry. He's in a meeting. Please tell him Scott Hall called. Okay, Scott, thank you. Every week, every week, every week. Never any response. I appear on the WCW TV one time as a diamond stud. Uh-huh. I have to drive back to Orlando from Atlanta. They don't even fly me. I got to drive back. Jeez. I get home. I got three voicemails from Pat Patterson. Hey, kid, give me a call when you get a chance. I call. Can I speak to Pat Patterson one moment, please? <laughs> hey, kid, I got that. How are you? You know. And he goes, hey, I'll come right to the point. Vince loves the look. He loves the new gimmick. He goes, did you sign a contract with them sons of bitches? And I said, Pat, now I'm thinking, wow, they called me. And I'm going, Pat, I didn't want to work for them. I wouldn't have called your office every week for a year if I did. He's going, calm down, kid. You'll be able to tell them in a year New York wants you. That's the way it happened. Wow. And New York really wanted you, too, obviously, because you show up there towards the end of 92. And by January of 93, you're in a pay-per-view match for the title. Yeah. Which is, uh, were you ready for that? Well, yeah. <laughs> you were already a big deal. I mean, like they they should have put me it. over. The, the only mistake made then is they didn't put me over. You know, you know, sometimes people ask me, man, you know, you're the best wrestler to ever have the world title. Yeah. And I look back on it. I think I wrestled Brett once for the world title. Mm-hmm. And I wrestled Sting once years later in WCW. Mm-hmm. I was always on a pay-per-view in some kind of featured match, but either an IC match or a U.S. title or a tag team match. I, I don't think I had... Many world title matches. Did that bug you, never getting to be the world champion or as long as I you made had... a lot of money? Right. <laughs> I've never been a mark for myself. I would consider myself one of the highest paid job guys in history. <laughs> one time I put Jericho over on TV and got in trouble for it. Why is it? Uh, well, in WCW? Yeah, or? it was in a Nitro in Philly. And I remember going up to Chris and he was doing the long haired thing and he was, he was a good guy then and a babyface. And I went, Chris, how many times have you been to the Spectrum? It was the Spectrum back then. He went, never. I said, ooh, they're going to hate you. And the storyline then was we were going to bring Larry Zbysko into the pay-per-view at Halloween Havoc as a special referee against Lex Luger and I. Mm-hmm. And so I was just supposed to keep hitting Chris with the razor's edge, just keep dropping Jericho on his head until Zbysko came down. Yeah. And I said, Chris, but that's not going to get a reaction. I said, think of some way to beat me out of my finish and get with me later. So he came up with an idea to kick his feet off the turnbuckle and small package me and and I said, don't tell anybody. I'll take all the heat. <laughs> so when I came back when I came back through the curtain, um, 
Arn Anderson's there at the grill position, just shaking his head, going, "You're too much." <laughs> so now I'm walking. I'm walking back towards the locker room, and I pass Eric Bischoff, and he looks at me and goes, "Didn't I tell you to go over?" And I'm going, "You tell me you didn't like my segment." He's going, "No, no, I'm just, but weren't you supposed to win?" Yeah. And I said, "Does it really matter?" <laughs> and he just like throws his hands up in the air, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> But you couldn't get away with something like that in WWE. Like, if you do that in WWE, you can't be going and deciding to change results in a match No, like of course not. No. But no. In, at the time in WCW, there was so much disorganization, it was like... Well, okay, it we wasn't... I, not really. It, it really fell apart kind of towards the end. But early on, Eric... Things were growing kind of faster than Eric had projected. Uh-huh. And we, I remember where we were going was sold out. Television ratings were through the roof. Yeah. So I'm thinking, the idea is to get Zabisco in the ring with me. The only the only reaction I got during the match was when he when he pinned me because the people went oh my god he beat Razor right and they they reacted because and then I started hitting him and dropping him dropping him dropping him right and then Zabisco came so it worked to my estimation better, better. <laughs> which is which is kind of reminiscent of you, you made X Pac the biggest star in the world by out of nowhere the one two three kid pins you you know what bro when I did that I came back and. He went on later to be the Godfather. That time he was Papa Shango. Right. And he goes, bro, did you fail the piss test? <laughs> and and I, now I knew about it six months in advance. And I'm going, I don't know. I don't know what's up, bro. Now, years years later, years later, I crossed paths with Ray Mysterio. And he, he had seen it in Mexico. Yeah. And he went, we thought it was a shoot because, you know, Pac's leg kind of hit you in the head. We thought you were a shoot knocked out for a second. Yeah. And I went, you're such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, though. That, like, Godfather no, it, comes up to you and goes, like, yeah, would you feel? And you're like, I don't know. Do you, you, feel you know the, exactly what I happened. I knew six but, months in advance. But you're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> which, and, is like, which is like that story they have on the Click DVD that they just put out, that you and Nash would go around the locker room talking about how high your paydays were just to watch everybody panic. You just well, lie and, about it. And you just, the, there was a... Some of the guys, some of the active wrestlers on the WCW rosters thought we still got paid by Vince, so we just went with that. We just went, well, hell yeah, bro. Yeah, of course we do. Double checks. Yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, just and that's just to what? Just to play with people's mind? Just to have fun? Just to? I. Just I like you're to, bored? I like to stir the shit. I get it. You know, I, I mean, do too. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, funny. I always get to when I get to the arena. I get dressed early. I put mm-hmm. my gear on early mm-hmm. because then I like to roam around and just stir shit. Just fuck with people. You got all the time in the world yeah, now because now I'm ready. And whenever if they change the lineup, I'm still ready to go. Right. But I just enjoy it. <laughs> I just like I I grew broke in where wrestling was supposed to be fun. Yeah. No matter what else, you're supposed to have some laughs. What do you do? To, I mean, people. For your reputation of, of, you know, the amount of time you were dealing with alcohol and, and you seemingly didn't know what was going on around you, you're one of the great storytellers in wrestling. Like, you have this amazing memory of everything that happened. I, what do you credit that to? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, I well, I grew up a fan. I love wrestling. You know, I mean, I never yeah. had a straight job. I worked in strip clubs and I was a wrestler. Yeah, you know, so I don't know if I'd have been a womanizer and, and an alcoholic if I pumped gas. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But I wouldn't have the money to explore other options. You know, but and it's amazing. That I was thinking when the stories you were talking about about working with DDP in the very beginning about you know phone calls at three o'clock in the morning and all this stuff. One of the things again on that click DVD they talk about is how you, the reason you group of guys were together was because all you wanted to do was talk about the business. Yeah. You were just such fans. So that was going on 
before the click. That was just you would find the guys. I, I first crossed paths with Shawn Michaels in Kansas City uh-huh. in a territory there. Then we went to Minneapolis and the AWA together. And then I went to Florida and he went to New York. And so – and I remember the first – Shawn was calling matches when he was doing jobs for guys in Texas. Mm-hmm. Shawn always had a clue. The first time anyone broke down to me the way a match should take place was Shawn Michaels on a, on a trip from like Kansas City to Des Moines. Mm-hmm. We're just sitting in a car together talking, and he just starts laying it out to me. He was always great. Even when he started, he was great. So he smartened me up, and I started getting, you know, it's like that's why I've been invited to go to return to the NXT, to the Performance Center, to work with the young guys. Yeah. And I love that because I like to get them before they're, you know, jaded, and they still love it. And I like seeing the light bulb go off in a guy's head when you say, have you ever thought about doing this? And they go like, oh, like that's how it was for me. So yeah. many guys reached out to me and helped me that I feel like giving it back. Totally. Plus, those are all all the people that are in NXT now are the same people from my generation. And all these guys, not only you walk in and you have an instant respect because everybody grew up watching Razor yeah, Ramon and Scott Hall. Like they know. Yeah. They know you're a big deal. And I just wanted to interject there. Um, yeah, dude. Um, Michaels, the first time I show up at the AWA, right. you know, I'm managing Tanaka Diamond. Right. And, and Vern's doing the uh, the Booker meeting you know, with all the boys in some little room that's got two double beds. And, I mean, there's friggin' 40 guys jammed in here to shoot the TV. They just would shoot four one-hour deals, you know. And... Vern said, uh, and the new guy in here is uh, Diamond Dallas Page. He'll be managing Tanaka and Diamond. And Michaels is laying there. He's like laying on the bed with his head propped up. And he goes, wait a minute. Shouldn't Tanaka be managing Diamond? Because yeah. <laughs> Tanaka's like five foot nothing. Dally's six five. You know? So he was, al- uh, he was always stirring shit. That yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, that was. That's my first memory of ever talking to him ever. Yeah. It's a classic. That's great. What did you think, speaking of WCW and towards the end, when they started uh, using your substance abuse as like a storyline? Um, now, I was struggling behind the scenes with it, and yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't really keeping it a secret. Right. But, uh, and then Bishop came to me, and Eric is at that time like, I've only been online two years. You know, like when I came to stay with Dally in Atlanta, they gave me an iPhone and an iPad. Like, welcome to the future. <laughs> oh, so I Dude, thought you had the two years phone. at that point. You mean two years today. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> two Dude, years. you had the flip phone. You had the Star Trek no, phone. No, two years now. I mean, right. I have an i4S <laughs> right. and, and, that Steve U gave me and said, and I said, well, and then the i5 came out. I said, should I be upgrading? He goes, no. Learn how to use this. By the time you master this, the iPhone 10 will be out. <laughs> so and he's still there. He showed me last Sunday dinner how to turn the, the flashlight on. Isn't it I, incredible? It's great. <laughs> it changed my life. I can read the menu. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when, when WCW started using it. Well, then Eric came to me and said, no, I've got this. What we're going to do, you know, because, because he was really big into all the Mark stuff, all the dirt sheets that were online now. Yeah. And he's going, well, you know, you do this because the word's out. And I said. Eric, I'll do whatever you want because I still need them big checks rolling in. <laughs> right. I said, I personally think it's in bad taste, but you're the boss. Yeah. I said, I'll do it, and I'll do it as good as I can, even if I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So we went that way. And see, for me, like people go, man, you're like, yeah, you, were, you were drinking in a ring. I was going, no, I, I'm drinking after the show. I don't want to be out there bouncing around with a belly full of booze. Right. Just not because I don't think I could, just because it's not comfortable. Okay. But they went with it, and they went with it until it came down from the higher-ups at Turner like, hey, that's not funny. Yeah. Because everybody, unfortunately, knows someone who suffers from mental illness mm-hmm. or addiction. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, one of those big shots in, in Turner had somebody in his family, and he went, that's not funny. Stop now. 
So then we went from me stumbling around drunk to me being fine. <laughs> right, right. I mean, fine on camera anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Luckily, you found God, so no problem. Yeah. Scott Hall is A-OK right. again. Did you see the E60? Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I participated in it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? Because I know, like, Jake was unhappy with Beyond the Mat. Jake Roberts was, right? Do we know? Oh, dude. Jake the Snake yeah, was he not happy. It. He right. hates that. Yeah, he, and is yeah. that because of the way he was portrayed, or he just it feels uncomfortable? It's because they told him one thing, did another, and it just embarrassed the fuck. Right. I, mean, I mean, he hates it. Right. So it was a lot of, you know, for us to come in and start filming him. Mm, there was, you know, it was really touchy. I would imagine. For me, regarding the 60 piece, I remember calling the, one of the guys connected with it saying, listen, by the way, if you make me look worse than I made myself look, mm-hmm. I said, I know, P- I know where your studio is in Bristol. Mm-hmm. I said, I got friends up there who will hurt you for an <laughs> autograph. So just want to run that by you. You let them know from the beginning. Thanks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it was what it was. Right. You know? I mean, I'm, at, the, at the same time, I consider, like, if I'm not proud of that kind of behavior, maybe I shouldn't be doing it on TV. Yeah. And it seemed like... I don't blame anybody for that stuff but me. I don't, don't blame wrestling. I don't blame anybody. I blame me. And it seemed like the, you know, watching the movie anyway, and I guess the movie is about Jake Roberts. It's not about Scott Hall. You're just a part of it. But it seemed like the process was getting Jake Roberts together. And as much as you were a wreck when you came in, it I mean, it translated into, okay, Scott's here. He's ready to do it. And you just did it. Was there more to it than what's shown in the movie? Well, for starters, you saw a little piece of Jake saying, come on, Scott, I'll do this for me. Yeah. And that was Jake wanting it. You know, it's like a movie, Pay It Forward. And mm-hmm. that's really the whole theme of my company and everybody around us. That's what we do, you know. And uh, he really wanted – because when you help someone, you feel better about yourself. Yeah. And that was a big thing for him coming in. So, uh, you know, that's, that's – That's something they always say in recovery is, like, to, to keep it, you got to give it away. Right. You know, and – I never really grasped that because I never really had it to give away. Uh-huh. Uh, what what really helped me? I've been to twelve inpatient rehabs. Wow! All the Mac Daddy ones. Yeah. And I was never in denial that I had issues and problems. So I went to the in the first six or seven places I went on my dime were twelve step places. I got nothing against those places. I know they help a lot of people, but the you know the message is don't drink. Go to meetings. Call your sponsor. Uh-huh. And I'm going, gee, don't drink. Never thought of that. How much I owe you? Forty grand? Gee. And Thanks. you know, I participated. I always paid attention. It just wasn't sticking for me. Mm-hmm. Then the wellness program that Bob Keelar is the head of it for the WWE, and he called me and and said, you know, we were thinking about sending you to this dual diagnosis place, the Menninger Institute in Houston, where it's a really famous psych hospital. And they said, we're thinking maybe let's try to treat the root problem, not the symptoms. The symptoms are alcohol and drug abuse. Right. Let's let's focus on the root problem. The psychology of it. The yeah, whys. So, the- so once I started getting a little a little knowledge about that and and getting, you know, looking into that side of it, then I started gaining some traction. Right. You know, I always say I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Right. I'm okay and I'm on my way. Right. And brother. I, <laughs> and I would imagine. Hunter's got to be the most happy about any of this happening as anybody because he can now. Yeah. I'm sure all now he wants welcome, to do. Now I'm welcome back. And he's the guy in charge. All he wants to do is get his friends back together you know, you and know do what, some stuff with You him. know what he told me when he contacted me about the Hall of Fame? You know, he, he called me and said, hey, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, 
um, you know, I wanted to reach out to you for years. He said, but all the experts were saying, no, no, let him, let him focus on just him getting himself together, not worrying about wrestling or being somewhere or doing this. Let him focus on getting well. Yeah. So he said, man, I don't want, you know, I wanted to reach out to you for so long. Because one time he did call, and apparently he said, oh, I talked to Scott. And they went, oh, don't do that. So then I didn't, didn't hear from him for a long time. Wow. And the other thing about the phone call was he mentioned the Hall of Fame. And, and then I said, hey, that, yeah, that's great. And then Kev called me and said, well, Hunter just called me. And he said, did you tell him I was going to tell him about the Hall of Fame? Kev's like, no. And he goes, well, he didn't seem very excited. And Kev went, <laughs> Kev went well, not everybody's a mark for themselves. <laughs> you know, so. I, and I got to tell you, too, I'm, as, you, as you're watching the movie, you think like, and in the movie for Jake, anyway, every time you leave the house, <laughs> Jake's relapsing. And you think as as you're going into the Hall of Fame, as Jake's going back on the road, like, well, that, that's old habits and old old scenes and old everything. But I don't even know if you remember this. I was hanging out uh, with X-Pac that Hall of Fame weekend. So I, I knew you looked familiar. That's I right. Know yeah, 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 yeah. So I was spending time, and I was sitting there, and, you know, all I know is the story. So I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, this is going to get uncomfortable. This is going to get... And all it was is about you were you were as with it then as you are now, just hanging out, having a good time, talking about wrestling, and it was it was great. Yeah, that's why for me, I, I every chance I get, I publicly try to thank Dally. I've thanked him privately, like thank you for reintroducing me to myself and for restoring hope. Yeah, you know because the old me, the the me that crossed paths with Dally years ago in Florida, was. Like, man, let's get to the gym. I, I didn't start drinking until I was in my mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I never took a pill till a year or two after that. Right. You know, I just didn't care. I'd smoke a little weed. I took roids when guys were taking roids, and I went to the gym. Right. It was Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, who pointed out to me during the AWA days that, you know, because everybody would go to the hotel, and guys would go in the bar, and I'd go to my room. Mm-hmm. And Kurt was like, you know, and I was getting pushed pretty good, and I was green. And it was like, hey, man, like a lot of the guys are thinking you're stuck up because you don't socialize, you don't hang out. I like, well, I don't drink. He goes, yeah, but a lot of business gets done in the bar. And in that era, it did. Right. There was no guaranteed money, so you had to have a relationship with the guys that you were wrestling because it's like, okay, I'm going to really sell for you. Are you going to give it back to me? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to make me look good because – you know, how over I am to affect my pay and my merchandise sales and stuff like that. Like, I, I got to know you're going to give it back. And right. So you kind of had to bond with the guys in that era over booze and drinks and, you know, booze and drugs and whatever, A to the Z, Bubba, you know, whatever came up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. As, yeah. A, as a guy who's not a mark for himself, uh, did it affect you one way or the other? Did you laugh when WWE showed up with a fake Razor Ramon after you left? I I thought it was cool. What happened? We didn't know. You know, we're, we're I'm barely paying attention to what's happening in Nitro. Uh huh. So I'm I'm not watching Raw at all. And but Eric Bischoff called Kevin I in, and we got a raise and a contract extension <laughs> because he believed it. Yeah. And then after that, he went Man. and and you guys never corrected him. No, and you know exactly. It's like yeah. and he went. I thought you guys didn't care about the lawsuit, and you were just going to go back there. <laughs> and part of me thinks, wow, how cool would that have been? Oh my god. But I felt people – I've never met the fake Razor guy. Uh, I think um, – I heard the story one time that they're sitting around the locker room and, and somebody's trying to shave. And they go, hey, who's got a disposable razor? And they said, Taker went, oh, there's one right there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I felt cool. It made me feel like Elvis. <laughs> I had an impersonator. Yeah, yeah. The guy was doing my shtick. He uh-huh. was doing everything. <laughs> yeah, he was. Like Kane did, did Diesel, uh-huh. but it's just similar body types. But I heard the audition guys for the Razor Roll. To be the right Razor. And I felt so flattered. <laughs> I even contacted the guy, offered to sell him my old gear because I wasn't using it anymore. Really? But he <laughs> was like too fat. He couldn't fit in it. <laughs> So you're like, I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to sell my gear. They're going to sell more Razor T-shirts. I'll probably make some money off that. Right. Oh, that's too funny. But he was too fat for the gear. So he couldn't. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, uh, I'm not going to sell it to fans. <laughs> <laughs> I already have. Is that what you did? Yeah. So there's fans walking no, around. There's some the guy. One guy has like a shrine to me in his place in Florida. Does that weird you out? Or are you like? Good, as long as you're I mean, yeah, for that's it. what I mean. Again, I've never been a mark for myself to think that some guy wants it and he's going to hang it on his wall. Right. It's like, hey, cool, bro, you know. Did you save everything, like, so that you could sell it? Well, I had a, I had a little gym off my house in, in the closet there where the tanning bed was. I had, you know, all the stuff in there. And now, right. Unfortunately, during the hurricane season, I had some water damage and a lot of stuff got ruined, but. The outfits that remained, I sold. I hung on to a few, like the one from WrestleMania 10 when Sean and I had this ladder match that everybody talks about. You know, I have that outfit. I have yeah. the, the one, the end of, initial NWO outfit I wore when I worked with Steve Austin at WrestleMania 18. Sure. I saved some of that stuff. but Yeah, some of the I mean, stuff you can't help it be a mark for. Yeah. <laughs> like those moments, you have to. Yeah, it, was, have it, was, to. it, was, it was fun to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm the... I always felt that wrestlers are the biggest fans of all. Uh-huh. We're willing to beat each other up, mm-hmm. drive around forever. You know, like like when I'm working in Kansas City with Sean, we would drive 250 miles each way from Kansas City to Wichita, Kansas, and that's a nothing happening town, Wichita. Yeah. But and it was a fifty dollar payoff, fifty dollar minimum. Now that's <laughs> not counting food and gas, right? So it's literally like, hey. I'm going to tape a $50 bill up to this building 250 miles away. Yeah. you got to pay your own gas, drive there, get it, pay your gas back, and you can keep whatever's left. Yeah. And once you get there, you guys got to beat each other oh, up. Oh, by the way, while. bounce around in front of 50 people. <laughs> right, right. And, right. Uh, and don't be late. <laughs> but you do it. Yeah, heck yeah. And happy to do it. Yeah. And trying, doing crazy moves and trying stuff, just loving it, you know? Yeah. I felt wrestlers are the biggest marks of all. So are, have you been down at NXT yet to help Yes, guys? I went. I went before. You and love it. I've been, I loved it. Loved I saw it. you. I saw you were posting photos from Raw backstage like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I well, I, yeah. I was at the pay per view, and then I, here in Brooklyn, uh, I was at SummerSlam for the whole you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. NXT show, the the pay per view, and the Monday Night Raw, all in the same venue. It was great, and that's got to blow people's minds too, because they hear all the Scott Hall stories, and they're like, "Oh, he's probably wasted. He's probably this. He's probably that." And then you show up. You, you can't got, prove that, officer. <laughs> yeah, but you got this great wrestling mind. And all of a sudden, they're just sitting there taking classes from you. Well, the one thing that I'm happy about is like Road Dog. Yeah. And Road Dog didn't miss many parties either. Right. And now he's like Hunter's right hand man. Mm -hmm. You know, he's there. He's, you know, he he was running, he was running SmackDown when the uh, Tough Enough show was on. Yeah. Because Vince and Hunter and Stephanie, they would all go to the live Tough Enough broadcast. Oh, wow. and And Road Dog was. Basically, calling the shots at SmackDown, which they tape on Tuesday and air on Thursday. Sure. So he's running the show, and he said, I, "Last time I saw him, he said, yeah, and the ratings actually went up a little bit.' He said, he, <laughs> he said Vince pulled me aside, and said, maybe I don't need to make Tuesdays.' Yeah. You know? Wow. So, yeah. So I mean, it, I'm just saying that Road Dog at one time was right there in the same category, maybe as me. Yeah. And now he's like doing great, and and he has a great mind. Yeah. Do yeah. you sit there looking at the young guys now, thinking, how do you function? 
like not doing what we did because no people aren't partying like they did. No, people are playing and video I'm, games I'm happy are... about that. And, and people always say, "Oh, these guys are playing video games, man. Maybe they should be drinking, doing like you guys do." And I go, "Well, maybe not." Yeah, I see. Got to remember, as far as video games, me and Dally were coming up. The biggest video game was Pong. Remember, right? Pong? Right. right. So if you had Pong, video games, Pong. you might have been using them. Yeah, and it was like, well, you know, and <laughs> and it, I think. People say to me, man, wrestling's just not the same as when you and Dally were wrestling. I go, I always say thank you. But then it's like, well, you got to remember, like, life interferes with your television watching. Yeah. Time went by. You got older. You're not laying around on your mom's couch watching wrestling. Now you got a job. You might have a wife. You got kids. And the economy was different. And the whole attitude about drug use was different. You know, when I was in high school in the 70s, it was kind of cool to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. That meant you're cool. Right. You know, and then and then it was pointed out to me by a guy that I really looked up to, Kurt Hennig, that, hey, you know, business gets done in the bar. And in that era, it did. Right. It doesn't happen that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about that. You know, I, I things are different. I'm not saying they're better or worse. They're just different. Right. And you so, have to realize this is the world we're in. And if you don't adapt, you yes. get left behind. Yes. And that's what you're doing, it seems like, adapting and just finding out where Scott Hall's place in this new WWE. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to be. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Well, I, right here on Sam Roberts Show, you mean? Exactly. That's right. Brother. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, listen, everybody uh, needs to see this movie. It's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. You can go to jakethesnakemovie.com. You can find out uh, when it's going to be in your town because DDP and Scott Hall and Jake Roberts are touring with this thing. It's going to be in New York City. This weekend, yep. Saturday and Sunday. Have you got the uh, location on that? It's an AMC. AMC theater. on 42nd Street. Yep. Right, right. right. Yeah, right, we'll, right. J- Dally and I will be there um, doing a Q&A, following the shows and doing photo ops. We'll have merch available, T-shirts, collector's edition T-shirts, right. movie posters, all signed by the three of us. All right. that available for purchase. And by the way, all these indie guys that are now running around doing that click hand symbol, it's great for your business. Hey, <laughs> hey the coolest thing, like you got to understand, I'm new to the internet. So yeah. now YouTube, wow, all my stuff's on there. Yeah. Now, God bless the WWE Network. Right. I was at a signing last week and here in the New York area. Like a little kid, six years old, is throwing it up to me. And I'm going, wow, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye at that time. Right. And they're going, and, and the parents are going, no, we're breaking them in right. They're watching the old stuff. Because they watch the old stuff, and then they also get to see Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and the Young Bucks yeah, and all these guys throwing yeah, up there. Right. Throwing up the, the, the click. They're too sweet. My son is in, is in part of the Bullet Club. He's in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. He's the Bullet Club young boy. Uh-huh. Now, he lives in the dojo and does all that stuff, but then he goes out in the main events. Right. And at, initially, he was like, man, those young bucks are dicks. <laughs> so I remember talking to Pac, and he said, no, they're not. They're just like us. They're obnoxiously happy. Right. And then later on, Cody said, no, those guys are actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, he was home for a few days, and he's back there now. But he said, no, they're pretty cool. They're helping him out. You know? So Yeah. And by the way, Carl Anderson's one of my favorite people. I think he's great. He's hilarious. And he's so super respectful. Like, I saw something that he's he's done in Japan, and he and Luke Gallus are traveling to Germany. And I said, hey, safe travels, guys. And they're like, thank you, sir. <laughs> and I'm going, well, you're welcome, kid. Hey, Sammy, let me just put this out there. For anybody who does, you already mentioned this, but if you want to know when we're coming to your town, maybe, with the movie, because it, it might not come with us, but it might just come there, go to jakethesnakemovie.com. And also keep you signed up. You'll know when the VOD comes out, which will probably be Christmas or the DVD, and et cetera. So, and we'll be talking about the video on demand here. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely.
You know you're always welcome whenever you're back in New York. DDP, sorry, for, sorry for bogey. No well, I, was, I was gonna say, Scott. Whenever you're in New York, I want you to tell more stories on the show. Um, hey, I, I, mean, I, I lost my phone just before I came up here, so I'm like in a catatonic state anyway. <laughs> so, no, seriously, my phone. We we can't find it. So, well, if you got DDP's phone, let me know, yes. and I'll let DDP know. I need it. Uh, thanks for hanging out, guys. And thanks for having us. Everybody thanks, see bud. the movie. It's great. Uh, yeah, man. Here is Sam Roberts. Big thanks to DDP and Scott Hall. Make sure you see The Resurrection of Jake the Snake if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, you can find it online and, and all that. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, I, I my dream podcast right now is to have Scott Hall and X-Pac together. Um, that I would love because I love talking to X-Pac. And that was the first time I would sat down with Scott Hall. Uh, so to get to talk to him was great. I'll have video of that up eventually. Uh, the Carmella video, if it's not already on YouTube, it will be momentarily. I've got video of the Finn Balor interview from last week. All these podcast interviews will be up at YouTube.com slash NotSam and, more easily, NotSam.com. So make sure you're constantly checking that stuff out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because then you'll get a notification as soon as the wrestling videos go up. Uh, now, I could have stopped there, but we're moving forward. A state of wrestling. It's like two podcasts in one. If you need to take a break, take a break. You can go back and listen to more of this tomorrow whenever you want. But I'm throwing all this content at you. If you want to support the podcast, go ahead and go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Go there. Get yourself a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, a Not Sam Mode t-shirt, a What's the Haps t-shirt. Get yourself a shirt. Get it in advance. It takes a couple weeks to ship. Get it for somebody for Christmas. Wear it to a show. Uh, do whatever it is that you want to do, um, and do it, but do it, just do it. Like Shia LaBeouf says, time to get into the state of wrestling. Katie Linendahl and I both made the trek out to Boston to see, uh, TLC live and in person, even though a lot of people didn't have great feelings about it. I still, you know, you're never going to get me to not go to a show. Uh, so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about TLC, a lot of time talking about uh, Monday Night Raw this week, and maybe throw in a couple of impressions. Here it is. State of Wrestling time. Hit it, Finkel. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. All right. This is it. This is the moment. Welcome to the State of Wrestling here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And guess who's with me? What the? Oh, my God. They're, they're coming. He's coming through the audience. Wow. It's Roman right Re- Wow. No, it's just Katie. Everybody's going crazy. <laughs> woo. Woo. Oh, wait. I forgot. Boo. But woo. Oh, now we like him. Oh, now we're all on the bandwagon. Oh, Katie had his shirts like seven years ago. <laughs> well, what yeah. a lot to talk about. Too much week. birthday. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> you were so excited from Raw this week. Just stimulation overload. Just every segment. What's going on now? Oh, my God. Oh, my. And did you get the grapefruit prune thing? Yeah, I actually did got that, that one. That one you got. Because they really had to spell it, spell it out for yeah. us. And they're going to spell it out for you. Man. You know, I would just like to come right out the gate because... While you guys were all on the road to pessimism, <laughs> I was on the road to WrestleMania the whole time. Uh-oh, we have a solo queen. And you know what? Big freaking deal. There's a few bad weeks. Now you're all just like everyone else. 
hopping back on the bandwagon, loving Roman Reigns, loving the New Day, loving Raw, loving WWE. Well, guess what? What? I liked it all along. I was about to say, who was doing it before? Yep. So you know what that means, Sam? What? You're fired! Oh, no, 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 no. You're fired. That was pretty good. I, it was great. It, it, it hurt my throat. It did. Well, you can't do too much, Mr. McMahon. Uh, so, so much going on in the world of WWE. Before, wow. I want to talk about non-WWE stuff first. Well, we, you, you pick this week to yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, All I want to say is because we... Are we going to have a collective vote on that? No. Because that's a horrible idea. Well, I'll tell you this. It's called Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It is, though. It's a benevolent dictatorship. It. 100%. <laughs> Hype, this is hype all, girl sometimes has to get put in her place. This is all I want to say. Because, I mean, of course. I just feel like it's so WWE heavy. At points, we do have to acknowledge there is other wrestling better be in the good. world. Well, it's about independent wrestling. It's not going to take long. But Someone got called up to WWE? No, it's not WWE related. The Young Bucks are coming to WWE? No. I, I would like it, but no. It is Young Bucks related. Oh, okay, well, go ahead. It's about the uh, pro wrestling gorilla in Ring of Honor. Are partnering now. So Ring of Honor is, I mean, probably inarguably at this point, the premier independent organization. I mean, some people don't even think of it as an independent wrestling group because they've got TV, they tour, but it is an independent wrestling group. They're partnering now with Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, which is the oh. biggest indie group in LA. Yeah. Which you've been uh, raving about for. I mean, I've never, time. I haven't gotten to see a Pro Wrestling Guerrilla show live. It's something that I'd like to do, take, make the pilgrimage out there. I feel like I need to as a wrestling fan. But. I mean, it's cool that you'll be able to see Ring of Honor show stars at PWG and vice versa. But the more I think about this, uh, the more I don't understand. I, there must be a lot of money involved because I don't think that for wrestling as a whole, having independent wrestlers signed to a specific organization is the greatest idea in the world. Like, the fact that Ring of Honor wrestlers only compete at Ring of Honor... I don't think that that does anything for anyone. I mean, maybe it does something for Ring of Honor, but I don't even really know if it does. Well, and may I press pause for a moment? What is the deal with uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor? They also have a partnership. So, so they have a kind of a talent exchange going on. But it's this idea that it has to be spelled out on paper, that like Ring of Honor stars can only wrestle at Pro Wrestling Guerrilla or New Japan. I feel like when unless you're in WWE or maybe TNA, you should be able to go out there and make that choice yourself. Some people will decide that it increases their value to only be at Ring of Honor shows and they make enough money doing that. So they'll choose to only be at Ring of Honor shows. And that's cool. But the idea that you're signing people to exclusive contracts, I mean, they're going to have to deal with enough of that stuff should they get called up to WWE. Once they get called up to WWE, that's when they should have to deal with that. I feel like when you're wrestling at an independent level... You should be getting as, as many matches in as you can. You should be working with as many people as you can. You should be working in, as, in front of as many crowds as you can. You know, I, I just, aside from WWE, because that's a whole monster in and of itself, I don't see the need for uh, exclusive independent contracts for any other organizations. Unless your, your, your brand is big enough that, like, for you, you know, or for all of us really growing up, WWE is the end-all, be-all, right? Mm. So if your organization is big enough, and if you're running shows four or five times a week, then yeah, exclusive contracts make sense and it's beneficial for the talent. But if you're not running shows even every week, if you're running shows you know, a couple times a month, 
I just don't see how it benefits anybody to have exclusive contracts. I completely see your point, but at the same time, like the business person, the, the consultant in me. Well, you're thinking of the <laughs> the man. You're thinking think- of the revenue model. Right. You're thinking of the, the ownership of Ring of Honor. And absolutely, if I'm Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. do I want to have exclusivity on the bigger stars? You can only see them here. And they're going to make more, and you're going to pay out more because they're exclusive to that brand. Yeah. I see your point about having to deal with that at the pinnacle of your success with WWE if you make it that far anyways, if that's even what you choose or want to do. Yeah. However. I just don't think that, I think that that's good for if it. I'm a, if I'm a promoter on ROH, right, and then I'm like, I have this big promotion coming up in, let's just hypothetically say, July. Sure. And then I find out our headline dude is going to be somewhere else in June. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be happy about that. Well, the idea is that with independent wrestling, I guess you could think about iPay-Per-View or whatever, but as long as they're not wrestling in that town, you're fine. Like, it's independent wrestling. It's it's like if they're wrestling in Oklahoma a, a, a day before your match and your match is in Jersey, it doesn't make a difference because Jersey people aren't going to Oklahoma to watch an independent wrestling show. And I, and I, But I do definitely see that for the people who run Ring of Honor monetarily, like if you were running a promotion, you would want, you have to come to my promotion to see my stars. Well, also too, for the sake of competition, I mean, something we haven't talked about in a while is I feel like there is no strong two card right now. I mean, there's not even anything close. There's not going to be anything For a hot second there, we were actually talking a little bit about TNA. We were doing some indie. I mean, we still do it here and there, pepper it in, but ultimately... There's nothing close. There's nothing close to a Monday Night War scene, which, well, that'll be a you know, years before if yeah, even will a be possibility. Years. But my point is I would love to see a little bit more names come through like that. Yeah, I mean, if you had another promotion that could do that, then I don't mind so that how, So exclusive. maybe this partnership is a strong step in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, I, I think the partnership is good, but I think it should be a lot more open than it is, and I think that it's good for the organization. Why is that bothering you so much? Because it's good for the organizations for it to be exclusive, but it's bad for the industry as a whole. Like, it's bad for wrestling. As a whole, so you're supposed to tell these indie guys that don't make a fraction of WWE that you're supposed to just be, you know, cool. No, you're supposed to make more money because you can no, wrestle I'm more to the shows. Promoters, the heads of the. I mean, you're not. I don't think it's going to cost you that much money. Or you're going to lose that much money. Yeah, I don't think you're going to lose debatable. much money. Like as long as you're not. You could work this out on an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. If you yeah, want. I just don't see where you would lose all that much money if Adam Cole is wrestling over here and over there. And you know, and you know, Ring of Honor has these great shows. If you build up a reputation for having great shows, it's okay if your guys are not only wrestling for you, especially because you're only running a couple times a month. But that's I just—it's not good for the industry as a whole to have guys that have. That's why. Look at the top of WWE right now. Aside from who has the world title, which we'll get into. <laughs> but look at the guys who who you're really looking. Uh, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, all these guys. Daniel Bryan, all these guys got to wrestle in front of every Finn Balor, got to wrestle in front of every conceivable type of crowd for every organization with every type of opponent for every. And so when they finally come to the to the big time, they're ready and they 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 can excel because they've seen it all. If you're shutting people out of experiencing things at the beginning, then they're going to be lacking when it comes time to actually be the next generation of real talent. I think. But let's talk about WWE. Let's talk about who's at the top of the card. Yeah. It is amazing. First of all, Katie and I were both at TLC in Boston on Sunday. True story. Um, And this is why, you know, we came on here. What a difference a week makes. 
We came on here last week. I said it, and I think Katie agreed with me, that it was just not, WWE was not in an exciting place. Raw was not an exciting show. This is last week, not this week. Raw was not an exciting show. And I said I was not excited about TLC. I was excited to go. I thought the matches were going to be good, but they had done nothing to make me care about TLC. And as we both agreed on, I asked you last week, if you had missed Raw, would you have missed anything? And last week you told me, no, not really. Let me ask you, if you had missed Raw this week on Monday, would you have missed anything? You're, then you're not American. Right, yeah. I mean, you missed everything. Yeah. Everything. Just forget it. Uh, which is what they can do. I mean, maybe you can't have that level of Raw every week, but you can have you can have something close. You know, you can have something happening every week, which, I mean, to say that they're going in the right direction would be an understatement. They've just done so well at turning this over so quickly. Uh, I'm impressed by what WWE has done. And this is why. This is the difference between us, the way Katie and I uh, talk, and the way a lot of other people talk. Because I was, I was, I talked to other wrestling fans, and people were saying, TLC is going to suck. There is no way they can do anything at this pay-per-view to make us care. And it's like, stop being dramatic. Yeah. It's one thing to say, you know what, that was not a good Raw, and I don't care about the pay-per-view going into it. Stop being dramatic. It's another thing to say, they're not going to be able to, because guess what? They've done it in the past where they're able to all of a sudden pull something out of a hat and be like, here it is, and you go, what? This is amazing again. And they took a pay-per-view that nobody cared about. Nobody cared about TLC. They took a pay-per-view that no one cared about and made it one of the top pay-per-views of the year. Not the top pay-per-view of the year because WrestleMania was great. SummerSlam was uh, good except for the Lesnar ending. Um, But made it, I'd say, arguably the best of the second-tier pay-per-views this year. It was probably the best pay-per-view that didn't have Brock Lesnar on it this year. Yeah. You know, you you could definitely argue that. I mean, just pure hard hitting. I mean, less, it was, less relationships and more carnage. Yeah, it was a lot of carnage. The matches were good, as I said. In without terms, Brock Lesnar, to your point. Without exactly, exactly. Meaning Brock Lesnar adds to the show, but you don't need him. Look at who you had on this show. It was all your young, active roster, non-part-time talent. The only legends, quote unquote, or part-time talent that you had on the show were the ECW guys who lost amazingly to the Wyatts. Everything I felt like at that pay-per-view turned out the way it should. You know why it turned out the way it should? Why? Because they followed everything you suggested. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, you know. Listen to Sam Roberts, people. But If I, they were smart, they'd secretly hire you as like a shadow, covert, creative director. Every but, idea you suggested that they went with has been good. Listen, I'm just playing my role as a hype girl. <laughs> you don't have You can take it or leave it. That's what they did. They secretly hired me, but they keep getting pissed because I keep giving away the plans. Um, yeah, I mean, the New Day tag match, oh. like we said, was amazing. I mean, Ka- was... Kalisto is like such an asset in that company. <laughs> oh, my God. The things Kalisto can do. That was one of the best matches. I'm I'm actually really excited, and, and not to, to flip over to Raw for a hot second, but watching those three in the ring, mm-hmm. just going from Usos to Luchas, to uh, New Day. Well, first off, the color palette's fantastic. Second, that yeah, you got is your turquoises, a your greens. Yeah. yeah, that I could watch over and over and over again. That can be misconstrued, that comment. But. What? God damn it. What but. <laughs> doesn't matter. 
It and and what does it harken back to? When was the last time you saw a, a, a triple threat uh, tag war like that? Dudley's Fantastic. Hardy's Edge and Christian. Like that's that. I mean, and it's obvious that's what they're pulling for because I mean they literally did the same thing. Uh, I mean, it, it's very very similar, but it's in a good way. In a good way. Uh, the match was great. New Day should have won. New Day won, and it was perfect. I mean, they made something out of Alberto Del Rio, Jack Swagger. Thank- I, I, w- I would I would say that that was the weakest of all. I don't know. Subjectively speaking. I mean, the chair spots were really good. Well, actually. You know, Rusev Ryback was, was probably the say. sleeper. Not in the sense of like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But, but like, that came I could- right after the the... Yeah, I th- and I think that was intentional. Uh, you needed that. You need to, you know, like, like let's get the energy up and let's uh, let everybody take a pause because, you know, there's nothing, there's not much there with Rusev and Ryback. I don't mind it. See, and it's okay having kind of filler stories like that when you have good stories outside of it. When you have the New Day tag match and you have the main event and the Wyatt thing is going like it's supposed to and all this stuff is happening, it's okay to throw a Ryback-Rusev in there. The Not everything is like supposed to be. that match, though, is because uh, Rusev still has his role in Nation of Domination. Right, the 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 uh, League of Nations mm-hmm. of Dominations. Yep. They if I feel like if he didn't have a place there... We're going back to what the heck do you do with the storyline? But it's there. He's got his spot. In a, he, he has a spot in a, a roundabout way. That match meant nothing against Swagger. No, but I mean, you mean you're talking about Rusev, so Ryback. Yeah, I just confused my brain. Right. But, I mean, it's the other League of eggnog. Nations thing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that really matters. He's got a story with Lana. No, it's, it's played out, dude. Obviously going somewhere. and Where? Where? Well, I think it's weird because the way the story is being told now. I didn't even just remember who the match was against. The way that, well, I mean, it has nothing to do with Ryback. The story is between Rusev and Lana. And like I said, he's got a very valuable spot in the League of Nations. So he's got his spot. Like he's that, got, That's key. It's perfect. That's integral right there. Which is why it's all fine. Uh, and But it, it's an interesting way the story with Lana is being told because Rusev is far more affectionate than Lana is. Which leads one to believe that eventually the heel face turn in that group would be Rusev as a face. Because Rusev is being the sweetheart with Lana. Oh, I wonder what country he'll be from. Right, once he's a good guy, you mean? Like, maybe, like, he'd go to Italy? Yeah, I would say he'd be Italian. Rusev, I like a spaghetti! It's Rusev, what are you doing? (laughs) What's up, man? Yeah. (laughs) Who wants a pizza pie? Lana, you broke my heart. We're all so dumb. We'll be like, yeah, he's from Italy. Rusev, Don't make gonna, us think. I'm going to crush you. Yeah. What, Rusev? What? Crush you like a pepperoni. <laughs> crush a pepperoni? <laughs> I'll break you like a raw pasta. Like a stick of spaghetti. Shut up, Sam. Rusev, why are you talking like that? <sighs> uh, but no, so that was fine. Um, I mean, people... Can we go back one second? Because I just wanted to get your take on finally a, a Wyatt. Well, that's victory. what I was about to say. We're not going back. We're going forward with that. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Because. Oh, wait, wait. To go back, they are even doing the right thing by eliminating Zeb Coulter. He's totally unnecessary. Uh, what, you just said two weeks ago mm-hmm. on our Sports Illustrated clip show that you thought he was great and he, he was, was necessary. Great. He was necessary until the League of Nations started. And then he became unnecessary. I said the same thing. When he scooted off, I was fine with it. Last week, he officially became unnecessary because he has no place in the League of Nations. And I'll tell you why. Because he was necessary because it added humor to it. But 
It added an element to it. But his element that got added to the Alberto Del Rio story is being replaced by the League of Nations. And if you're going to put Alberto in the League of Nations, to say he's from Mex America no longer makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, now you've confused the storyline. I see your point there. So now you have to do away with Mex America and Zeb Coulter. And good, just, just write him off because, you know, like, have him beat Jack Swagger a couple times and then just forget Mex America. So what do you do with Jack happened. Swagger now? Put him back on Superstars. Like, I don't, it's fine. You don't need Jack Swagger. He had a nice, hard-hitting match, dude. He just keeps wrestling guys that have already beat him. Every time Jack Swagger comes back for a storyline, it's with somebody he already had a storyline with that beat him. He came back, and he was like, Rusev, I want you. And Rusev was like, yeah, but when I was going on my undefeated streak, you were the first guy I beat. I beat you a ton of times already. Then he comes back, and he's like, Alberto Del Rio, I want you because you got Zeb Coulter. And Alberto's like, yeah, but before I got fired, I beat you a ton of times already. But he was like, well, what if for this match— we're the only people that don't discriminate against chairs. He brought that to the table, no pun intended. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, there was a, it was a hard-hitting chair match. Yeah, it was a hard-hitting It's a chair match. I'm just trying to give him some credit. It was a good match. It was great. So you didn't throw him, demote him. I mean, there's no demoting. Who's he going to beat? Who would you have Jack Swagger beat? He's Slater on Superstars. That's it. I mean, you don't have Alberto Del Rio. I don't have the creative booking vision that you do, okay? Well, you, so don't put me on the spot like that. You just you don't have Alberto Del Rio. I'm good at making business model decisions with Ring of Honor. You don't you don't have Alberto. Yeah, you're the, you're the man. I can work off pages and Excel. You don't have Alberto Del Rio beat John Cena clean and then come back and lose to Jack no, Swagger. That, obviously, that's not going to happen. It's insanity, insanity, um, <laughs> unity. Then uh, yeah, let's talk about the Wyatts. Uh, so, so, yeah, so, yeah, Zeb Coulter shouldn't be there anymore, and he's not there, and I think that's good. And, you know, I, I think Zeb Coulter will always have a place. He's a really good manager. I love him on the scooter. There'll be somebody else for him to manage. But with Alberto, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, so even if he came back, like, honestly, you want to know what to do with Jack Swagger? Put Zeb Coulter back with him and just make them tea partiers well, again. I thought was going to happen. Just do it. Match. Make him, but stop making him. obvious. Don't make him a good guy. It doesn't make any sense. Make him a bad guy tea partier like he was before. And guess what? With Donald Trump and everything else going on, it's perfect. It fits. And maybe they will. I mean, I don't know. But like Mr. Fuji? That's right. Except with a, bad mu- with, with a giant mustache. Oh, okay. With a handlebar mustache. If you want something for Jack Swagger, that's what I would do. I would put, uh, I would put him back with Zeb Coulter and make them tea partiers again. But uh, how great is it that the Wyatts were able to demolish ECW? And then, every, and then the only negative that I heard from anybody, and I didn't even take it as a negative. I was just like, poor Eric Rowan, was that Eric Rowan ended up getting pinned. Uh, whatever, that's fine. Because then, a night later, they do the Katie Linendahl no-no, which is they do the rematch. Right. This time it's not elimination, though. And who gets the pinfall? Eric Rowan. Mm. We're whole again, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's okay. Now, I will say that the ECW promo from Raw on Monday, when they were talking about being in Philly and they were like on set and they were like posing and looking at the camera and looking at each other, was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. It's a little staged. But it's a little weird. But um, I think that the ECW. That's funny. You felt uncomfortable during that too? Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Uh, but ECW is – the guys are being used exactly how they should be used, and they're coming in, and it's great. And, like, they're strong enough that they don't seem like easy pushovers, but the Wyatts are beating them as they should. Um, I think this should probably be the end of ECW. Keep the Dudley boys around. Rhino back to NXT. Tommy oh, Dreamer back I'm to doing so House of I so disagree with sending Rhino back down. What are you doing? Okay, then have Rhino feud with Jack Swagger, and then Katie could just eat her popcorn and enjoy Raw every night. 
I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of money made on WWE shop if they keep Rhino <laughs> for a few more weeks. They sold out of unicorn horns, but I got my Rhino horn. Yeah, they sold out of socks. Too. So you are, a, you are a big Rhino I fan. really think he stacked up two weeks back on Raw, standing next to Roman Reigns. He's I, a lot shorter than him. He's undeniably, uh, like... So you would put Roman Reigns in a main event with no, Rhino? No, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. You're right. What I said is he's main roster. So what would you do with him on the main roster? I, I, again, I, you're, you're not listening to me, Sam. <laughs> I said three and a half minutes ago, it's probably pretty accurate, that I'm not good at booking. So you're it's like, not my strength. You're like the Vince McMahon. Sam, we need you to uh, However, do, I something, tell you, do something with the Rhino. I want him on the main roster. Okay, well, what exactly? That man comes out to a YouTube rhinoceros. I don't even think they paid for the rights. Hey, do we pay for those rights? Good. Don't pay for them. Get it off YouTube. What's YouTube, Nikki? <laughs> YouTube is this thing when you go on the internet. Do we have internet? Yeah, that's great. www.something.football Hey, are we still doing those AOL keywords? Love We're those. still on geocityographies. Hey, pal. Get the geocityographies ready. Let's ask Jeeves a question. Like, is that rhinoceros from YouTube? <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, yeah, no, I just don't uh, think... What do you do with ECW now? Get, I mean, it's done. It's over. Get, Get Hammer, uh, a an, an, uh, successful, iconic brand. Come well, on. Of course you can. No, you can't. I mean, they went out of business. They lost. Yeah, but then it's WWE's property. There's no... It's I one mean, thing to Hammer WCW. That, that never even came to the picture. I mean, it's... it's yes, it's... So is, are you, is it done? You keep the Dudleys and then you just... Yes. Tommy Dreamer was a one-off? Yes. All right. Tommy Dreamer was wearing his own promotions logo on his yeah, pants. Yeah, so's Jimmy John's on Brock Lesnar's shirt. He's going to go back but to House Brock of Hardcore. Lesnar. Okay. And he does a good show. And Rhino's going to go back to NXT, and the Dudley Boys are going to be the Dudley Boys. But yeah, there's I mean, there's no reason to keep ECW around. He, they came back strictly because the Wyatts just looked weak against the Undertaker. And so Kane. then where do you put the Wyatts? Let's see. Who should the Wyatts attack next? Because I feel like the Wyatts should start going after somebody else. Yeah. Um, And they should beat them again. Because, I mean, if we're just going back and forth between loss and victory. Because I feel that if you put that faction against the Uso New Day, Lucha, any of that, it no, doesn't work. It no, feels very weird. Well, it doesn't work because it would squash, you would have to squash somebody, and you can't squash either side. Like, if all of a sudden they join those tag teams, then they no, could No, I'm not saying look, join them. I mean, join those tag teams in the sense that, oh, in okay. the story. Yeah. Then... They couldn't look strong because they couldn't beat them all because they both sides have to look strong. So it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense for them to go after the League of Nations because you know it'd be Roman Reigns has already taken care of that. Um, I don't know exactly where you go with the Wyatts. You got uh, Miz and Neville, kind of teaming, feuding, whatever. All I need is your voice. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So you're I'd, stuck on that one too. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to go through and figure out exactly. Maybe they just go and destroy the primetime players. I don't. I don't know. It's <laughs> not great. Yeah, they gotta. They gotta go after somebody. Kevin Owens is going after Dean Ambrose. Um, people are probably listening to this, screaming at their radio, exactly who they should be going after. Their don't iPhone. Monday night quarterback or Monday whatever. Don't Monday. Morning, quarterback. Don't Monday morning quarterback. Our Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll come up with something by next week, if not the end of the show. Okay. Because I definitely Still. think now you send the Wyatts in a different direction. 
I don't think it serves the Dudleys at all. Do they, like, bring back the brood? No, you don't bring back the brood. I was making suggestions. <laughs> no, what no. have you brought to the table? No, you don't bring back... It's like an advent calendar. I'm opening up the box, and you get to pick from suggestions. Should Farouk come back with Yakalites? <laughs> no, no. I think it should be somebody on the current roster. I think it's time for the Wyatts to rejoin. Because for so long... Well, no, because for so long the Wyatts have been separated from the main roster. Whether it's with The Undertaker and Kane, whether it's with uh, the ECW guys. It's like they're in this world that almost exists outside of everything else going on on the roster. So I, I think agree. I think they need to rejoin the community and start dominating the main roster. Well, and it was a step in the right direction to finally have them win. Yes. How happy were you? I was ecstatic. Ecstatic. And it was... It was did you think that... You, you thought they were going to win. I hoped. Yeah. Beyond hoped that they were going to win. And they did. And then they won again on Raw, which was perfect. Um, I also... You know, I love... Kevin Owens. I know you love Kevin Owens. Uh, I wanted him to have the Intercontinental title for a long time, I guess. But uh, when we were in Boston and Dean Ambrose won the title, I mean, the place went unglued. There was no doubt that that was the right decision. The place went nuts. It gives some place for Dean Ambrose to go away from Roman Reigns and teaming, away from that whole thing. I think it's a great move. I think it also continues to bring more clout to the belt. Because you go from... It's a championship, goddammit. What? It's not I a title. I understand. I mean, it's not a belt. Is it adjustable? Well, yeah, the, the title is adjust, adjustable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you think it... Cena? No, no, no. Cena was not an intercontinental champion. Sorry. I'm going to back up. I was the U.S. I'm, uh, actually, I'm not going to back up. I'm going to no. stop there. Because when Cena had the U.S., that brought cloud to that. And now Brother Del Rio is bringing cloud. And then we had a whole full podcast episode about how... We didn't know what the Intercontinental Championship even was. I, mean, right. I, I went as far as Wikipediaing it. <laughs> right. Now we have two belts, I'm saying, yeah. that actually have some substance and some extra prestige. God damn it, stop saying belt. Am I? Did I make my point? Yes. Okay. Yes, and you're 100% right. All the titles right and, now. And to have his reaction be that great? Yes. The lunatic fringe is even he didn't exciting. mail in the no. post-celebration. No. Um, all the titles are significant, significant and prestigious Once again. right now. Yeah, which is important. The tag titles, New Day is super excited. I, yeah, I agree. The Intercontinental I the title, title, the U.S. title, and now... and well, WGP Cruiserweight Championship. Let's make sure that gets highlighted. <laughs> now, <With> pink highlighter. <laughs> do we have pink? Well, goddammit, get pink! Uh, now, let's talk about the women, uh, the Divas oh, Championship, because yeah. yeah. that also has credibility. What do you think? Because this one has people going back and forth. What do you think of the way Charlotte's going? Well, I actually want to start with a question for you, if you would be okay. Because okay we listened me. to our tweets. And I had a really interesting tweet come up to both of us last night from the Mizo One, which I'm assuming is like the Miz Zero, whatever. <laughs> um, Mizo Soup. Is the Divas Revolution over? No, no Divas on Raw. I don't think that was That's not true. accurate. But let's let's pretend that they didn't screw up the second half of it. Is the Divas Revolution over? No. And it's actually just now starting. I completely agree. Yeah, because the Divas Revolution was a total mess up. Yes. Because they brought up... They all, everybody said Divas Revolution because it was fun to say. But all they did was bring in three new Divas. That was the Divas Revolution. It was nothing else. It was just some more women. That's the whole revolution. And that's not what makes a revolution. The reason that now it's becoming a revolution 
is because you've got over here, you've got a pre-show match between Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, and that's the only pre-show match, and we're good with it, and it's just a women's match. It's not a women's title match. It's not this. But you've got separate, you're finally starting to develop separate personalities and storylines with the women that go beyond I'm jealous of you, you know, we used to be best friends, but now we're not. Like, it's actually fleshing things out in a, in, a, in a major way. This is the beginning of the Divas Revolution. And it's, like I've said, I said last week, what WWE needs is good stories. And the fact that you're starting to develop a slow story between Becky and Charlotte, I, I mean, yeah, between yeah. Becky and Charlotte, as you continue to tell the story between Becky and Paige, uh, uh, Charlotte and Paige, all the while Sasha Banks is over here with Naomi and Tamina, uh, there's just a lot going on, and that's what the Divas Revolution is about. I completely agree, and I also thought there was something weird that happened, and I, I mean, you uh, sh- shined a light on it because obviously you love Sasha Banks, no, no surprise love there. But Sasha how weird Banks. is it to be to have them in a pre-show match, mm-hmm. to have Becky and Sasha in a pre-show match? And I mean, typically you're running late for an event. You're like, oh, it's a pre-show. We'll get there. You're like, we got to catch the pre-show match. Yeah. To, to have the same category of, of women's matches now. And you're not even thinking that it's a women's match. It's not a blow-off match. Like, it used to be that was the bathroom match, but here's what happened at TLC. Isn't that weird, though, that our brains have, like, totally... I Without even it, thinking about it. It's not Without a conscious thing. Without even thinking about it. Like, you and I, if you remember, we were like, let's go get snacks or whatever. We were online <laughs> to get snacks, and Sasha Banks' music started hold, hold playing. On. And I look at your face, and I'm like... It was like that moment where you're like, I got this one, dude. I'll wait in line for the brewskis. Yeah, you were like, go be with her. You you have your moment. I yeah. understand. Like, it was like, the the fact that Sasha Banks' music played was not, okay, it's time to go to the bathroom. It's, and then you actually, okay, I actually thought you were going to be like, you know, I got to get back down to the seats. <laughs> I'm not washing my hands. I got to go. <laughs> it wasn't, like, I had to carry, like, 15 things down myself. Right. And you were like, that's cool. You got Good this, luck. lady? You got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you're a strong woman. I'm a feminist. I believe Good, you can do it. Good, strong, solo women's matches. Yeah, it's great. Doable. And that's, and that great. What, what do you think of... Now, we spoke to Charlotte a while back, and she said it was important to her to not be looked at as just following in her dad's footsteps to be a separate entity. She is now... And you were talking about, when we were talking about her brother being mentioned, mm-hmm. I do wonder, I feel like her brother being mentioned a month or so ago was like a big deal, and I kind of wish they had saved it for something that fits the character more, but it doesn't matter at this point. That's nitpicking. Um, but you said when that happened, her name's not even Charlotte Flair on the show. Like, it's that's not her real name, blah, blah, blah. And now... No, I said that in in, in, in vain of all wrestlers. Right. About cross... If, if you're going to make real-life stories, then you, let's be real right. life. But now we've gone all the way to... Not only is she embracing being a flair, but Ric Flair seems to be her full-time manager. Uh, she's strutting. She's doing, like, you have no idea for me. And I'm interested in your opinion about it. But when she took the Ric Flair bump, hmm. where she hit, 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 she pauses and then just falls flat on her face. Like, that's the classic Ric Flair bump, where he walk, 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 fall. That. I just jumped up. Nobody else jumped up. And I was like, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> And everybody was like, what are you doing, dude? She just fell. I'm like, God, it's the flare bump. All right, whatever you say, Sam. All right, whatever. Maybe I nerded out a little too deeply with that one. But I got so geeked out when she did that flare bump. 
What do you think of Charlotte uh, starting to go more towards being a bad guy and taking on all the Ric Flair characteristics? I like it, but I think it ramped up too fast. I actually think they could have played that one. I, I realize everything in the last few weeks had to ramp up quickly. Yeah. For obvious reasons. I thought they would let that breathe a little bit more, but I think it's playing out great. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. Some people don't like it. I don't think she likes playing a bad guy. You don't? No. I bet you, I mean... I bet you she's having a hard time with it. I don't know. It seems like so much fun it's to so me. much fun with her dad. I mean, Right, to on. be doing that with your dad and get to cheat and, like, pull off turnbuckle pads and stuff like that. Like, that sounds like the funnest way to perform in that ring. Um, yeah, no, I think right now... This is exactly what Charlotte should be doing. And I know, I remember a long time ago I said that I didn't like that Sasha Banks was outside of the titles picture right now. I'm very okay with that because I feel like they're saving her. Is that the mania, like the obvious mania? I don't know if it's going to be this year at mania or not. I mean, mania is only, what what do we got, three months, three and a half months to build for WrestleMania? It could be very well unless they're trying, I mean, we'll see how long the Becky Charlotte thing lasts. Right. Because that may be something that they push. Because be next rumble. next month is already January, you know. Um, then you got February and March. So I don't know if they're gonna make the Sasha Charlotte match finally happen at WrestleMania, or if they're gonna push it off even more. I'd be fine if they pushed it off even more. I'd be fine if they pushed it off a year and we waited until next year WrestleMania to see it. I mean, I know that's way big picture thinking, but like really make I people want to like see that match. Sasha Bailey at that point. I don't. I mean, a year away. Yeah, because Char- they're still they're both young, and they're both going to be good. They're be even better then, and like we will have then. Then it will have been a really long time since we'd seen that match. Because you remember, right before they came to the main roster, it was Charlotte and Sasha nonstop on NXT. Like that right. was the match to see every show they were right. wrestling, and it was like, and people loved it. It wasn't a bad thing at all. But it was like Batman versus the Joker. I don't exist without you to be my enemy. Um, So the fact that they've stepped away so much from that, I feel like if you're going to bring that back, it's going to be a big deal. I'd be fine if they did it this year at WrestleMania. I think it'd be cool if they could figure out a way to push it until next year. I mean, I'd rather see Sasha Bailey feud on the main roster before I see Charlotte and Sasha because regardless of how good those Sasha Bailey matches are, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks is the women's match. That's the match. There is no better women's match than that match. We anyway. talked about it, and maybe it just warrants a sentence. Is I think Asuka. Yeah, Asuka. Asuka. I was. It's, it, well, it's spelled Asuka, but Asuka. She, uh, she's gonna be amazing. I mean, she that. is amazing already. But like in that mix. I yeah. I wonder because I think there's something obvious. It's that's showcased between that mix of girls. Yeah, there was an internet report, and take it for what oh, it is. And that's real. Yeah. That she's only being used on NXT. She's not going to be called up to the main roster. I find that difficult to believe. Even if that was the plan going in, I still find that difficult to believe. Number one, she's Japanese, and and the WWE Network just launched is about to launch in Japan, and it brings on a whole new audience. The same way Kenta is going to be on the main roster at some point. Number two, uh, Hideo is going to be on the main roster at some point. Number two, she's a merch machine. Like once she oh, gets yeah. to the main roster. Everybody's going to be buying those masks. You know how many sheep masks you sold? The, the fact that she's a merch machine, the fact that she will bring a Japanese audience with her, and the fact that there's nobody on the main roster like her, like her makes me think that Asuka will be on the main roster regardless of what internet reports are. But, yeah, I really, really like Charlotte as a heel. I love Charlotte doing all the stuff her dad did. Do you think you could uh, 
jump the shark on that though? You think that you played it too soon, or how long do you keep the? No, I think you could do it for a while. I mean, Ric Flair is one of the most beloved rest characters yeah. of all time, yeah. so I don't see that getting stale. Honestly, I also feel like we talked about growing out of that Flair. Uh, you know, do that shadow. I don't think that. I think she's already past that point. The, I don't I, even think that brings it up. I think that's right. I think that's a good point too. I think that she waited so long to, like, she's she earned her bones. For sure, she earned her stripes. Not cashing in on the Flair legacy. That now, when she does cash in on it, it's not like nobody's sitting there going, "Oh, she's just here because she's Flair's daughter." It's just like, "Oh, this is fun. We know Charlotte, mm-hmm. and now she's doing Ric Flair stuff. She doesn't have to." But that's the choice that this character has made. Uh, and I think, it, I think it does benefit the character. Because it doesn't change the fact that she does great matches. But it does add an, a, a lot more character yes. to her as a performer. And, you know, like I say all the time, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You're not, as much as people say they will, you're not going to watch a show that's just one hour, two hour, three hours of just straight good matches. Red tights versus blue tights. Right. Amazing wrestling match. Green tights versus yellow tights. Amazing wrestling versus match. Versus blue pants as a triple threat. Right. We saw what happened to blue pants. Yeah. You need characters. You need stories. And I think this is a great story. Speaking of great stories, Katie, you and I, mm-hmm. in January of this year, went to Philadelphia. We did. It was the first time we went to a wrestling show together. I almost got beat up in the bathroom. Right. Because that was when I hadn't smartened you up, as they say. Oh, I don't need. I don't need your. You needed it that night, because you showed up in a Roman Reigns hoodie at the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, and I said, "Katie, like they're gonna boo Roman Reigns There's a lot." There's only a few places you might be a hair smarter than. And me. you looked at me and went, "Why? Why would they boo Roman Reigns?" And the look of horror on your face when his photo came up on the big screen—it was just a photo <laughs> of him—and the entire building booed him out of the building. The entire building. This is a guy who won the Royal Rumble, had The Rock at his side. The Rock came out and said, this is my dude. And the audience still, boo, boo. It was pretty bad. And you were looking at me like, what is going on? I said, this is what's going on. This is how fans feel. Like, this is two, in one year's time. One year. To go from January, last uh, uh, this week on Raw, they were in the same building in Philadelphia that we were at for the Royal Rumble. The same crowd was cheering Roman Reigns. The same crowd was there when Roman Reigns finally won the heavyweight championship for real. Theoretically for real. And they were all cheering him. That is great storytelling. And that is why... As much as you can complain about WWE, as much as you can say they're doing something wrong, you can never lose faith in that company. Because they, in one week, turned that around like that. It's the same building. It's the building he was getting booed out of next to The Rock. I mean, it was amazing. And I'll tell you this. It's not even with the Triple H and Vince McMahon interference. Because Boston is not the nicest crowd in the world. It's not as bad as Philly, but they're not a nice crowd. They're ready to boo a good guy. Well, and I love, too, that even in the social side of things, he, he hashtags complete turnaround. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty amazing to actually see. Roman walked in to Boston, and I was there. He walked into Boston getting booed. 
There is no doubt about it. He was getting booed during that match. And halfway through the match, when it looked like he might win, he was getting booed. But But. as the match progressed, before there was even interference, just the way the story was being told, the way Roman was getting beat down, beat down, beat down, I'm going to tell you that when he started climbing the ladder at the end of the match and it looked like he might win, the building was behind him. The Boston fans were cheering Roman Reigns and the fact that he might win that match. And, I mean, the place went unglued. The ending of that pay-per-view, TLC, was incredible. It was exactly what people wanted to see. He didn't have a microphone. Thank you for that, He wasn't smiling. Pure destruction. Yes. We wanted to see the real Roman Reigns. Keep him as far away from a microphone as possible. And just let him kick some ass. Yeah. Point made. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would even say, like, even Why having... do you think that that flipped around, though, in mid-match like that? Because it's... it's because the... it was the feel-bad syndrome? What was it? Like I said, it's not sympathy, because you're not going to feel sympathy for this guy. It's a matter of feeling that rage of everything being stacked against you and wanting to say... Had it. Like, Roman, stop taking people's shit. You're a badass. You don't need to take no shit anymore. Like, you are a machine. You're the Terminator. You can go out there and kick everybody's ass. Everybody's jerking you around. All these fans are booing you. Like, on some level, when we boo Roman Reigns, we should want Roman Reigns to flip us off and say, I will kick your ass. I'm the guy who beat you up in high school. Keep booing me. Watch what happens. Like, Roman is not, Roman is that guy. Roman's the guy who's going to come out and say, I don't care who's in front of me. I don't care if it's a fan. And that's the guy who's been on this podcast. If you like me, then I like you. And if you don't like me, I'm going to kick your ass because I can. I think what's successful about Roman Reigns, though, is they let him do what he innately wants to do. He's going to have those bad guy moments, like you're saying, but not that deep. It's just not not his style. It's not even a bad guy thing. Just let him do what he thinks is right. I'll tell you why it's not a bad guy thing, because of the one element. I'm doing the right thing by me. If you like me, then I've got your back. And if you don't like me, then you're in for a world of hurt because I don't take shit. And that's, there's nothing villainous about that. If anything, that's heroic to be a guy who doesn't have to take crap and then watch him not take crap. All of us, that's, that's, we wanna, we're living vicariously through him. All of us want to sit there and not take crap. We've all been in situations where some guy, where, where a boss or a teacher or whoever it is comes up to us and is telling us what to do and is, is, is being shitty about it and is, is being degrading about it and is being whatever. We've all been in that situation and we all want to Superman punch them. But we can't because we're not as strong as Roman Reigns and because we live in the real world. So at the end of the day, you're saying it's all relatability. We're living vicariously through him. We're not relating to him as much as we're living vicariously through him. Like, that's what I want to do. That's why, not that he's the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, but that's why Stone Cold worked. Because Vince McMahon was the boss or the teacher or the parent or the wife or whoever it was that everybody had to deal with. And Stone Cold was the guy who we all wanted to be. And Roman Reigns is the guy who all wrestling fans want to be because he kicks people's asses and is amazing at it. I would even... I would have had him talk less on Monday Night Raw. Now, he, he was great on Raw. You know, I'm not complaining about it. I would have had him talk less on Raw, and I wish I would have seen him 
uh, more angry throughout the show. I wish when Stephanie was was talking down to him and Vince was talking to him and stuff like that, I would have loved to have seen him more angry. But I think that's going to come with time. I think he's got to he's just sort of getting out of the mind frame of being kind of smiling guy and now he's sort of slipping into angry guy, which is where he should be, and that character has every reason in the world to be angry. And when you get that character angry, you should be getting your butt kicked. But ultimately, at the end of it, do you look back and say, through that entire cycle that we just watched through one full passing year, from Roman Reigns' words, complete turnaround, hashtag, did we all buy into what they were feeding us? No. No. Because are you going to say— You don't put on bad TV for a year and then at the end of the year be like, see, it was good. No, 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 no. Well, I'm saying the whole, they they were shoving Roman Reigns on everybody's throat. It didn't work. Everybody said boot him, right? Yes. But at the end of the day, they flipped that around, and ultimately, it worked. Yeah, it worked because it's they like did reverse what, reverse psychology. It's not any reverse psychology. It's giving us what we wanted. It worked the same reason it worked when he was getting cheered two years ago. It worked because they did what they should have done with him from the beginning. Just let him do him. Yeah, that's why it worked. It's not like they they responded to us. They said, okay, the people in charge of this product said we have to find a compromise here because we think Roman Reigns is the guy and there is a way that he can connect with this audience. But this audience wants to see him doing that. So if we use Roman Reigns but we put him over here, I said last week that the idea of Roman Reigns being a bad guy and wanting that to happen sounds silly at this point. Like it's over. It's not going to happen. But there I said He needs to be one versus all Roman Reigns, not a whole bunch of friends coming out, which is why I thought it was the greatest move ever. And some people are critical of it, but they're completely wrong. When It's their opinion, but it's wrong. (laughs) That's right. When the League of Nations came out at TLC and beat down Roman Reigns, and when they did it again at Raw, and nobody came out to help Roman Reigns, that's where he should be. Remember when I was talking about the four-man tags and why Roman Reigns should not be there with Dean Ambrose and the Usos? Because we don't, he shouldn't have friends. But he, I still did like the WWE.com exclusive clip after the air. That's Rob. fine. I like that. That's cool. That's, that's fine. Cool. It's like Hulk Hogan and British Beefcake. It's it like came we're, out and celebrated with Right. Him. We're friends back here. But, like, you take care of your business in there. That is the way it should be for Roman Reigns. It is one versus all for him. It's it's just this this monster ass kicker <laughs> who just handles business. And he is and 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 that's why. I mean, people are not going to cheer Roman Reigns if he's got help. But if he's doing it on his own, they're going to cheer him because we don't have help in our lives. We don't have a gang of friends that can, you know what I mean? But watching this guy overcome the odds is what people want to see. I mean, it's obvious to me that they're setting up Triple H versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think that that's great. I'm happy about that. I think that that's going to be that's that's going to be good. Does this set him up for a Rumble though? Well, I mean, I think he'll be in the Rumble. I unless Shane. Well, no, no, no. He won't be in the Rumble. No, I'm confused. Oh my gosh, they're yeah. so smart. This is why they put the title on him. Because if he's got the title, he's not in the Rumble. Yeah, if but- he doesn't have the title, he enters the Rumble, he's going to WrestleMania. Here's what's going to happen. Triple H is going to cost him the title before WrestleMania. Oh, that's good, Sam. That's good. Then he goes to WrestleMania to fight Triple H. Just- or, I or, hope the check's in the mail. Or either that, there's two scenarios they go. Either Triple H costs him the title, or, and this could be even better, Triple H 
tries to cost him the title, can't do it. Sheamus can't get the job done. Rusev can't get the job done. Alberto can't get the job done. So Triple H says, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. And he says, I am challenging you for the world title at WrestleMania. That's my title. This is my company. And I'm taking that title from you. I'm doing it myself. And we're going to WrestleMania. I don't know if I would want to see Triple H put himself in the world title match. I think you can do a little better with that. But, um... That's one option. Those are the two options. That's why I would assume he's the champion now. Um, But the fact that they gave it to him on Raw instead of the pay-per-view, brilliant. Loved it. Brilliant. Because then at the pay-per-view, you put him in the place that he needs to be in. And then at Raw, you have this holy crap moment. Yeah. You want your ratings to go up? You're welcome. Done. Right. Raw was really good. The pay-per-view was really good. And that's why you keep watching. People go, well, why do you keep watching then? Because no matter how much you complain, you know that they have the ability to put out a good show. There are still people, some people, believe it or not, still complaining about TLC and Raw. Oh, my gosh. That, Listen, people. See this? And you must think Christmas morning is boring, too. <laughs> you love Christmas morning, right? I do. <laughs> this is the difference. This is where they get in trouble. The people that are complaining about the state of WWE right now, those are the perpetual complainers. The people who were complaining about it two weeks ago, those are legitimate fans. So you can't pass off the legitimate... When the legitimate fans start complaining, that's when a change needs to happen, and a change has happened. The Wyatts are in the right place. Roman Reigns is in an amazing place. I'm so... You saw me on the pay-per-view. You heard me cheering if you watched it. it. It's very... We sure did, Sam. Katie. We heard you. I was so happy that they were finally doing the right thing with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I was out of my mind. We went with your parents. That's true. Did your parents say anything about me? I mean, I was out well, of I control. Think they're, they, I mean, at I this point, they're used to a little to it. unstable. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. I think they think you're a little weird. No, I'm just kidding. They think you're great. Well, there's lots of enthusiasm. A lot of enthusiasm. Oh. There's a photo, and I'll tweet it out at Not Sam and put it on Instagram <laughs> at Not Sam. I don't know if it's from .com. I don't know where it's from, but you see, it's this photo, and Roman Reigns. I texted it to you. It's hilarious. R- Roman Reigns has this look on his face, and he's pure emotion and rage, and he had just power bombed Triple H, and he's like, "Yeah." And, like, the crowd is cheering, but there's one face behind him that is equally as emotive and intense. Yes. It's prime time. It Sam is. Roberts it sitting in like the you're audience. Gonna have, you're going to die. Right. The last professional broadcaster is ready to just jump out a window. He's so excited. Yep. And I'm he's sorry. talking about himself in the third person. Hey. Hey. It's warranted. So, you know who I really feel bad for? Zeb Coulter? Wade Barrett. Oh, yeah. Apparently, he's got some kind of nerve injury. They say it's not serious, but for Wade Barrett, I mean, if, he was representing England too. League of Nations is actually interesting. It's the League of Nations is no longer a melting pot without. Well, they still got Ireland. Well, and Rusev really may bring Italy in soon. True. The League of a Nation. That's true. It's gonna be from like somewhere real random, like the Isle of Man. Santino will be like, "Why are you stealing my gimmick, dude?" Yeah, what's up with that? Why are you being like the weird like? Stereotypical Italian guy. Yeah, it's messed up. Rusev's painting on a unibrow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm very happy about things. Now, they say Wade Barrett's injury is not serious, but I worry because it seems like a every— A lot of injuries right now. Ev- and Barrett. Every time he picks up steam, Barrett gets injured. That's why he's never been able—because every time he picks up steam, he gets injured. And uh, well, we saw what happened to Cal Bishop on, on Breaking Ground. 
He was he he was perpetually getting injured. That was tragic. Watching him get fired. I don't know if you've seen the episode, but on Breaking Ground last week, they showed uh, Cal Bishop getting fired. He was like a little kid losing his dog. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I'm sad now. It's horrible. Yeah, it was bad. I saw nobody. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got to tell you something. Very excited about where things are going. Now, look, it could get better. It could get worse. I don't know. But today, today's a new day. It's a new day. And let me tell you, too. Don't you dare be sour. I don't know if you've been to RollingStone.com, but they announced their wrestler of the year. Who do you think the wrestler of the year is? Mm, I get one guess. Yes. I, I, I love games. <laughs> I love games. Yes, yes. Uh, Sasha Banks? The diva of the year. Yeah. Sasha Banks. Is Nikki Bella. But the wrestler of the year, they're splitting the trophy three ways because it's a new day. Yes, it is. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So new day is the wrestler of the year. Now, next week, you got to be excited is the Slammies. There'll be a full yep. Slammy recap in the state of wrestling. Yeah, uh, alerts. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Are you voting? Probably. My only my the only Not. thing I like about the Slammies is that uh, on WWE.com, they show you how to vote for the Slammies like via hashtag. <laughs> And the sentence they use is, um, so say you wanted to vote in category for Superstar of the Year. Well, if Savio Vega were on the WWE roster, you would tweet this. And then the sentence just comes up that says, I want Savio Vega for Slammy, hashtag Wrestler of the Year. Savio Vega? That was their example? <laughs> they referenced Savio Vega. Why don't they just use Earthquake? Somebody at .com is having a good time. Oh, they laughed that one up. Oh, yeah. They were having oh, yeah. fun with that one. So you must be pumped. Because you get sad. Oh, oh my God. And we didn't even talk. I mean, we're going way over. And I know you got to run, but Vince McMahon back on Raw. Did it, was it that bad of ratings that they had to bring in the big guns? Yes. Yes, it was. The Raw was in such a bad place that they had to bring it in. And let me tell you something. Volumes. Was Vince McMahon a good guy or a bad guy? The bad guy. How do you know that? Same way you knew The Undertaker was turning bad. What did he do to Roman Reigns? Kicked him in the dick. That's how you know every yeah. time, Katie. Yeah. Every, what did I tell you about The Undertaker? Remember? What did The Undertaker do to Brock? Kicked him in the mailbox. <laughs> That's right. Punched him in the mailbox. He kicked him in the mailbox. He hit him in the mailbox. And what did, what, did, what did Vince McMahon do to Roman Reigns? Kicked him in the mailbox. He kicked him in the mailbox. Yes, he did. I yep. Yep. have to say, and you say, this is why... You can never disrespect Vince McMahon. The guy is a 70-year-old man. Okay, this is a guy who was born... When he was born, there was World War II. You know, <laughs> that's how old he is. He is an old guy. They call him the old man because he's the old man. And he took a Superman punch on the ring apron on Raw. How does Vince McMahon go up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let me give me one of those Superman punches. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Let me take the jacket off. No problem. Roman, I don't want you pulling any punches on this one. Damn it. Hit me with everything you got. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. When he took, first of all, he was great doing his promo. Make the bastard sweat it out. I actually like, he's like, I know I'm an intimidating guy. <laughs> that was my favorite. Uh, I know I have a, an intimidating presence about me. So good. That sounds just like it. <laughs> I love him. I love Vince McMahon. I mean, there was so much birthday yeah. to the point that I was like, how bad do ratings have to get to make me happy enough now to hear 
Uh oh. Doing the shimmy. I love that you have all that on your phone, by the way. That's pretty sad, actually. Bling, bling. Well, that's actually what I was going to... So who who leads the company going forward? Obviously, I would think that the Superman punch wrote Vince McMahon off TV for another year. I don't think he's back. Uh, oh, I don't think it's over. You think Vince is going to be can't, back? He can't just go down like that. No way. I bet he's back on Raw next week. He gave me a Superman punch. Of course yeah, I'm down. Duh. No, I, I don't think he'll be back. Um... Does Triple H come back? Or is he, I think Triple H is at home for a while. Maybe Stephanie tries to lead the thing by herself. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I think, I mean, there's, unless Triple H just comes back with a black eye or something. But I think I think that's what you do. I think Vince McMahon is, is written off TV for a while. Um, do we go back to an era of having random general managers? I don't think it would be a bad thing to have a cool general manager. It couldn't Remember be a lame one. Remember that time where it was like the general manager that was just, they were just getting alerts through like iMessage? Don't bring that. I mean, that that's a time universally recognized by wrestling fans as the dark days. Listen, I'm just bringing back time periods. I'm giving you options. Well, I mean, that but. not being one of them. All's well that ends well because well, it paid Anything off. Anything but C. It paid off big. Hornswoggle was behind it the oh, whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, really really concluded well. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I don't necessarily see it happening, but I think it'd be great to bring back a good general manager because there was a time when that was a cool thing. As of late, you know, you had A.J. Lee, which was fine. Then, like, Brad Maddox and a computer and, like, a, who you know, John Laurinaitis. for a while. Vicky Guerrero was good. She was solid. But she, yeah. But it's like, I think you need a general manager with a clear defined role not one of these in between guys like either a good guy or a bad guy and i think it needs to be cuz i mean you you for a while you had Rick Flair, Eric Bischoff, Mick Foley, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels like you had guys that were like whoa this is a big deal that he is the authority figure so i, I do think it'd be i mean i think it'd be cool to have a general manager the reason i don't think it'll happen is because it takes away from the building Triple H Roman Reigns story that story doesn't work as well if Triple H is not the boss. Mm. So I don't think Point there made. will be one. Would you have anyone in mind to do it? It'd be tough because you're not going to have Ric Flair do it because he's Charlotte's guy. Brad Maddox? <laughs> just kidding. Mad Braddox. I don't think that he's um, welcome back. Maybe Adam Rose could just do his uh, uh, Rose Bush segment and he's the general manager. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, who you'd bring in. Um... Hogan's not doing it. Unless you... I mean, Stone Cold would be amazing, but I don't think he'll do it. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think I think, I think think you're better off without a general manager for the time being. I'm sure... But it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. You know what you do? Send us your suggestions. Tweet at Not Sam. Oh! Are we going to have a contest? Yeah. Yes! I love contests. Tweet at Not Sam. It's the season of giving! And at Katie Linendahl. Uh-huh. Hashtag next general manager with your suggestion... Or who should be the general manager? Next GM. Next GM. It hashtag. Made it even shorter for you. You're right. Hashtag next GM. Uh-huh. And then at not Sam at Katie Linendahl and who should be the next general manager of WWE? Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you that if you say Sam Roberts, it's bonus points, but Maybe. read between the lines. And by the way, we probably won't get to it in 2015, but next year I want to sit down with you and I want to do a fantasy draft. Right now, it's not I, – before, I was like, we need a draft. I don't think we need a draft right now, but I still think at some point we should do a draft. However – That'd be great. Hashtag next GM, at not Sam, at Katie Lindahl. Katie, you're, oh. the, you're not only the uh, number one hype girl, but the number yeah. one prize master Love in the prizes. world. 
of podcasts. And I'm teching the halls, so this timing is appropriate. Um, well, we're at war with WWE Shop because they won't accept <laughs> our money. Because Katie. we buy so much stuff, they think it's fraud. Katie tries to put through orders Seriously, that are like what is their problem? Seven hundred dollars. Give you money, and they're like, nobody wants that much money worth of WWE gear. And you're like, actually, and they literally, at, they had called me and they asked me to list everything I purchased. And I was like sitting at the airport, <laughs> like I can't at, at, do that. at the gate, and I'm like, Kevin Owens Santa hat, <laughs> I have a couple Roman Reigns ornaments. You're like, you're missing a few more. You really got me, ma'am. Um, your choice. Well, where are we going to get the? It's from. Are we? Is it? It's not on Katie.gifts. We could do one Katie.gifts. Okay. What's What's good on? Here's what you know. What you should give away. Do you have any more of those things that I like? The cables. Well, I got like two of those left. I'll give one of those away. Okay. This is That's, Katie. But you have to pair that with something, dude. Well, look, Katie gave me. She gave me something very sentimental and special, but then mm-hmm. she also gave me an iPhone cable that lights up like a Christmas tree. And she got very upset when I texted her and told her the iPhone cable was the greatest gift she'd ever given me. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it, what it is, it's like a, it looks like a string of lights that you would put on a Christmas tree, but it's an iPhone cable. And when you plug it in, USB it to your computer, mm-hmm. it lights up. It's the most amazing thing. It looks great in your house. So we'll give away one of those. I actually sold those out on the website, too. You did? Yep. But you have one. I got one left. Okay, we'll give away one to whoever wins this contest, and then we'll also give... Um, uh, I mean, what do they have in stock? Oh, by the way, let me say this: if you're still listening, um, if you really want to win the contest, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. My email is sam at notsam.com, and if you are able to acquire one of those <gasps> green TLC shirts oh, at the venue, make him so happy. I'll buy it from you. Medium. I mean, you, you could even just screen print it. Just saying. He wouldn't know the difference. No, 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 I right would know man. the difference. I would know the difference. I'm sorry. He would know the difference. I would know the difference. Because they had these amazing TLC exclusive shirts for the venue. I love the exclusive venue shirt. Too. And they were I'm like, so sorry. They were like nice venue, like Celtic looking shirts. Mm-hmm. Like they look like the Celtics from Boston. Mm-hmm. But they were sold out before the show even started. Everywhere. Yeah, All I over mean, the building. We went to like 40 kiosks. So, uh, yeah, if you have one of those, uh, hit me up and I'll buy it off you. But. Uh, for the contest, yes. what we'll do is give away Christmas lights, and what's the other thing? Um, your choice. Do you have anything in your last shop order that you want to... Oh, in the WWE shop any order? Any weird tchotchke? We could throw in... I mean, I've, I've really... On Katie.gifts, I'm really pushing New Day hard, so maybe we should do a New Day hoodie. Okay. You'll get Christmas lights and a New Day hoodie. I, Christmas light That's iPhone charger and a New Day hoodie for the best suggestion. And don't try to suck up and say Tatanka. Although, yeah. if you want to enter twice, definitely tag uh, Tatanka on it because we'd like him to know that we're and still talking I about I still him. love that random Tatanka loves barbecue hashtag still <laughs> come to Tatanka. I still get a good laugh out of that. <laughs> so do that. Hashtag NextGM at NotSam at Katie Linnendahl and tell us who you would pick for the next general manager. Maybe Zeb Coulter. That might be a good spot for him. I just stole that from you. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so do that. Katie, man. Yeah. This is a long I-, I like doing them long. Thank you for being here, uh, and uh, we'll see you, uh, what, next week. Hopefully wrestling will still be good. It sure will. Chowski. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.